Thank you, church, for singing. That was the squeakiest goodbye I've heard in a long time. Ah. Keep praying for Roy. He's at home in a lot of pain, dealing with some new uh, pain meds and waiting for a final prognosis on what he's going through. Um, and thanks for strolling in today. We know that wasn't easy, especially Ron. Thank you, Ron, for coming today. It's good to see Ron recovering from all that Ann has been through. Uh, yes and amen for uh, anybody who can be your sidekick like that through that kind of junk is worth keeping. Wait, who am I talking about? I don't know. It's, it's a mixed bag, so really glad to have you today. Uh, King's Kids, if you're in second grade on down, you are released. If there's anybody in here who doesn't usually work King's Kids that would like to help wrangling some King's Kids today, they could use one extra five-foot person or higher <laughs> to help them. Miss Terry just volunteered. She's invested in the story. No, Emma's staying. She missed, yeah, we missed, she missed Sunday school, so she's, she's stuck here rolling up my sleeves for you, girl, coming in hot. Um, yeah, you've already helped recently, so thank you guys. A lot of you, we have a lot of people in here. Um, just like to, I was going to say, share the wealth share the burden on that one who are my readers today where are you hiding where there they are here they come they're looking at each other did you coordinate this or are we just winging it yes turn to proverbs 28 and follow along as we read proverbs 28 The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. When a land transgresses, it has many rulers, but with a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. A poor man who oppresses the poor is a beating rain that leaves no food. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law strive against them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Better for a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. The one who keeps the law is a son with understanding, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest of profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Whoever misleads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will have a goodly inheritance. A rich man is wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has understanding will find him out. When the righteous triumph, there is great glory, but when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Verse 15. Like a roaring lion and a rushing bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. A leader who is a great oppressor lacks understanding, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. A man who is laden with the guilt of human blood will be a fugitive until death. Let no one support him. He who walks blamelessly will be delivered, but he who is crooked will fall all at once. He who tills his land will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty in plenty. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. He who robs his father or his mother and says it is not a transgression is the companion of a man who destroys. An arrogant man stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. He who gives to the poor will never want, but he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous will increase. Thank you.
bulletin has some notes and my first uh, my first uh, observation is don't panic uh, your notes look a lot like my notes today a lot of what we're going to be talking about is stuff we've heard before so I titled this as watch your mouth because I think back to some of the biggest mistakes I've made in my life um, are what I said, how I said it, the way I said it, when I said it, and how I was feeling when I said it. Uh, and as we're going to see in Proverbs, this isn't merely about the words. This isn't merely about your lips. It's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks these are heart issues and because proverbs deals with heart issues it deals with mouth issues as well but it's not as simple as if i say the right thing everything will go right no you can say the right thing go home and worry about it for days and days because you don't know how it was received you don't know if they understood we spend a lot of time being anxious over things we cannot control even when we get this right. How much more when we don't get this right and we hurt somebody, we're skeptical, we're complaining. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say about how we use our mouth. L follow with me here in, in chapter 28. I just want to highlight a few, a few words. Uh, write these words down first. Praise. Prayer, confesses, rebukes, lying. These are all words that are used just in chapter 28. Chapter 28 does what all, a lot of the other chapters in Proverbs have done. Intermixed a lot of wisdom and wise sayings with the overall pur purpose. Man, I was so tempted to use verse 14. I, every week it seems like we can go to verse 14. There's a verse 14 in like every chapter of Proverbs. Uh, in case you missed it, blessed is the one who fears the Lord always. Like, that is my battle cry going through Proverbs. Fear the Lord, fear the Lord. That sets the table. That makes everything work. But I can't just, I shouldn't just, I could. I shouldn't just preach the same thing every week. Even though I don't get it right, I need to hear fear the Lord over and over again. What I want to do this week is address the overall idea, the overall agenda. Proverbs, it brings it up over and over again, this idea of watching your mouth. Verse 4, those who forsake the law praise the wicked. We praise them with our mouths. We praise them with our money. We find ways to praise the wrong thing. Verse 9, if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. The words that we turn towards God, God can use against us because we don't come with the right heart, even if we say the right words, even if we go through the right prayer motions. Watch your mouth. Verse 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses, that, that's, a, that's a verbal and a heart thing. You can quietly in your heart confess your sins to God. But so many of our sins are against one another. It needs to come out of our mouth when we confess to God and other people. It needs to be, that's the proper use of our mouth. To praise God, confess our sins to one another. Verse 23, whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Rebuke is verbal. We use our mouth. Flatter, that's also verbal, with our tongue. Be careful, watch it. Verse 24, whoever robs his father or his mother and says, this is speech, this is no transgression, you're defending yourself and you're flat out lying. Even to people that we love. Watch your mouth. So I went through, back through Proverbs and I found two big sections that talk about how to use our mouths properly 
um, and what it looks like when we use our mouths for evil. Uh, I'm going to do the evil one first. I just felt like a better flow. So turn back to Proverbs 26 real fast. Proverbs 26, just a couple chapters back. We touched on some of these verses, but we didn't take it from this perspective. Proverbs 26, 18. 18 through 28. Uh, I'm going to read more of these later, so bear with me here. Like a madman who throws firebrands and arrows and death is the same man who deceives his neighbor and says, Whoa, whoa, I'm only joking. Um, it ain't a joke when you hurt somebody. If they are not laughing, it wasn't funny. And sometimes even if they are laughing, it's because they're covering up the pain. Uh, be careful how you use your mouth. We are to be a people who avoid evil speech. So that's the overall section here, avoiding evil speech. So I want to bounce around, go all the way back to Proverbs 2. I'm using Proverbs 2 just to show you that from the very beginning, this book has been emphasizing the need to watch your mouth. Proverbs 2, 12. Delivering you from the way of evil and from men of perverted speech. That's the role of wisdom. That's the role of the fear of the Lord. It's, it's helping you avoid perverse speech. And chapter 4, verse 24. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. So chapter 2, fearing the Lord, having the right heart for the Lord, it protects you, it delivers you from other people's perverted speech. But then chapter 4, 24, it, we are also encouraged to not let crooked speech come out of us. It's a two-way street. Crooked speech attacks us. Fear of the Lord helps us deflect. We, you, you need to understand, hurt people hurt people. When people are hurting you, it's out of a deep place of loss and own personal pain. Don't take everything personally. I know it breaks your heart when people you love stand in front of you trembling and yell, I hate you. That hurts. But that's a lot of pain speaking. That's a lot of hurt speaking. And, and that's usually somebody who doesn't have the maturity to express all the ways that they are hurting. All they're going to do is lash out at the person in front of them. And that's usually somebody who cares about them the most. That's frustrating. Shut your mouth and understand it's not all about you. Never has been and it never will be. Proverbs is guiding us on how to avoid perverse speech, avoid letting it destroy us, but also to how to avoid letting it destroy others through us. That, that's deep wisdom. There's a lot, there are a lot of good Proverbs. Turn to Proverbs 11.13. Proverbs 11.13. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. But he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Slander is false, damaging statements. Gossip and slander are some of the most prevalent sins among church people. Right up there with gluttony and deception. Because church people have a front to put up. We're avoiding the big sins. I'm not committing adultery. Well, you're committing something because you're a human being. You say you are without sin. You're lying to yourself and to God. But what sins are you harboring? This is, this, is, this is church stuff right here. Talking in such a way that we are revealing things that need to stay hidden talking in such a way that we are dealing with people who can't help with the problems. That's gossip and slander. He who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Now, time out. We do not ever cover abuse. We do not ever cover 
sins against other people that haven't been dealt with for our own good or for anybody else's good no but when somebody has confessed something repented of something between me and them or or, or in a family we don't then go talk about that to everybody else and drag their name through the mud when they've already repented confessed and gone through the process of remorse with the people they've wronged gossip and slander talks about things that don't involve you to people that aren't involved in the situation and man is it tempting what's the heartbeat of gossip and slander when we talk about others we're avoiding talking about ourselves that's why we like it makes everyone else out to be the bad guy and we avoid talking about we're the bad guy there is a monster inside of you that can lie cheat steal slander because we're all professionals at that we're all really good at hiding we're all really good at deceiving ourselves talking down about others because it makes us feel better and then turn to proverbs 26 back back to chapter 26 we did verse 18 19 verse 20 for lack of wood the fire goes out and where there is no whisper quarreling ceases that's gossip and slander verse 21 as charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife so this is about contentious speech to be quarrelsome is to be argumentative is to be critical of everything it's to be cutting of everyone it's to be complaining without ever intending to fix what you're complaining about if all you're going to do is whine and complain and moan and be contentious and stir it up and stir it up stop you're not helping anybody i was walking out of walmart what night did we go to walmart we needed something really late that was unusual for us because we're like man we're old people now we don't like to get out in the dark what my parking spot who is that like that's my totally different time of day right had to go to walmart we're walking into walmart as a man is walking out of walmart yelling don't shop here bunch of socialists supporting communism everything's from just yelling everything's from china i'm like i just was and the people behind him are like looking tense because i'm sure he was doing that in the store not just out of the store and I just had to laugh because Walmart is the poster child of capitalism. Hello? <laughs> They're going to make a buck any way possible. This, this is not the place to be. But, but unhappy, letting everybody who knows, who's listening, know that you're not happy. Critical, complaining. I walked in anyway. It did no good. I didn't see people in the parking lot be like, Oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't go in there. I mean, everybody's like, head down, going in. Just like lemmings off the cliff. We know, we know, we know. It doesn't matter. We're going in there. They've got what I need. I know. I've balanced the social evils against my needs, and this is what's going to happen. I'm not, right. Because there comes a point, if you want to avoid all perverse speech and all crooked speech, you're going to have to go all, I don't even, even Yellowstone. You're going to have to go build a cabin out in the middle of nowhere and avoid all people for the rest of your life, and avoid your own family. You're going to invite them over Thanksgiving. Crooked speech is on the way. Somebody's going to want to talk about something you want to talk about. Somebody's, not going, to, somebody's going to complain about something you've made. It's just, or they're just not happy with, you know what's happened on Thursday, right? Travis, are you ready to take it like a man? Yeah. Sometimes your team just doesn't win. Sometimes, sometimes the turkey leg goes to somebody else. Contentious speech is something we need to guard against. Um, quarrelsome. That came up in our small group one time. Remember that, Delana? And uh, yeah, am I the quarrelsome spouse? Is it, like we have to, we have to guard this. This is not something that just goes out against Walmart or against our enemies. We get quarrelsome over whoever we rub elbows with the most. Says, amen, says every parent of a teenager. 
They forget that you love them more than they love you. You brought them into this world. Don't say you're going to take them out of this world. That's, that's not your role either. But, but you know, in, in their grouchiness and their sickness and in their pain, and like, who do we lash out against the most? It's probably your mom. It's just the way it is. Probably your dad. Just So is Proverbs putting their finger on the pulse of your life? They sh- it, you should feel like, oh, this is to me. Not to everybody else. Not to that random guy. To me. Even if I'm not verbalizing it out loud, am I still this kind of person? Am I still thinking if I get the right moment, I'm planning and plotting for just the right moment, I may not be a raging lunatic in the parking lot. But if I get my moment, I'm taking it. We can still have hearts that are contentious and quarrelsome and disgruntled. And man, I'm looking at you. You're already behind the eight ball. You're not as in touch with your feelings. Most of you. That you can stew and grumble and complain and not say a word and become distant because of that spirit and check out instead of speak up. There is a right way to tell people you don't like what's going on or you don't like a situation or you don't approve of something they're doing. But your heart needs to be in the right place that this is not about fixing, this is about relating. And this is about, I gotta get this off my chest. You're gonna have ulcers, you're gonna have heartburn, you're gonna have strokes, you're gonna have a heart attack. You keep all of life in and it will kill you. Proverbs, watch out. Watch out. Look at verse 28. Chapter 26, verse 28. A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. What is flattery? Flattery is insincere praise. You praise somebody, probably for something that's either minor or wrong, so that... Here's the deep, dark secret. So that you would promote yourself to them. So they still like you. You're trying to make yourself liked. It's for you. You're praising them. They don't deserve it. It's over the top. So that they think much of you. You can, you can flatter your boss. Oh, that was a great idea. I can't believe. Oh, wow, that was really good. You're know, like, when, when Johnny over here in the corner came up with that idea like months ago, and you're going to flatter your boss, why? So your boss thinks highly of you, so you can promote self, so you can look like you're on the right team. We, we flatter people so they like us more. It's usually not about them. It's about us. That's the danger of flattery. It, it's false humility. It's, it's false praise. You're not really praising them because they did something great and wonderful. You're praising them so they think you're great and wonderful, that you're on their team, so you can get something out of them later. Verse 25. When he speaks graciously, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. That's an interesting phrase. I put this under deception. Um, Go back to verse 24. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips you can you can really hate something but not show it lie about it not say anything about it and harbor deceit in his heart Ooh, when he speaks graciously even though he hates something even though he's deceptive he speaks graciously believe him not for there are seven abominations in his heart and for that seven abominations we need to go back to proverbs chapter 6 because Proverbs has already introduced this idea of abominations. It's going to do it later on as well. There are some other chapters that talk about six things the Lord hates, yea, seven. Six things I've seen on the earth, yea, seven. It's a formula for emphasizing big principles and big observations. Proverbs does that later. It does it earlier. In Proverbs chapter 6, 16, Proverbs 6, 16, listen to this. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Abomination. Oh, take notes. What are these abominations? Haughty eyes, that's pride. Haughty eyes look down on other people. A lying tongue. 
hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Seven abominations, three of them have to do with your mouth, your speech. And, and what in the world is going on here? Pride, okay, I got that one. But then lying. Come on, it's not that bad. Hands that shed innocent blood. Murder, kidnapping, physical abuse. How you use your mouth and words is similar to how you use your fist and your weapons. Like the, the way the Bible is tying these things together, it is, it is culturally acceptable in Enid in 2023 to tell lies to people, to cover up the truth, to promote yourself, to lie for your coworkers so the boss doesn't fire them, to lie about your prescription so you get an extra dose, to lie, to lie on your taxes because, well, they've got enough. They're not using it. The pe- I didn't vote for them. That not my, that's not my president. Those aren't my people. You come up with a million reasons to lie and deceive and shortchange people, clock in early, clock out late. Um, just gl- There's only one question on the test I didn't get. Now I got it. it it's so easy. It's so easy to lie and cheat and steal. What does God think about that? He puts that up here. Not even in, the, I mean, it's in the Ten Commandments. It's in the top ten, but it's in the top seven. Three of the top seven of the abominations listed here. Like, oh, there's time out here. Where is homosexuality? I thought that was an abomination. Why is that not listed? That's not as widespread as lying. That hasn't infiltrated the church as much as lying. Your heart. Stop pointing the fingers outward. We need to take the dagger to our own hearts. Are we the people we need to be? Stop pointing fingers at all the people who aren't being who God called them to be. And you be the person you need to be. The rebuke needs to hit home first. First, seven abominations, three of them from your mouth. Um, turn back to 27.2. 27.2, one more in this category of evil speech we need to avoid. 27.2 says, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. We talked about this when we talked about humility. Here it is again. It's, a, it's warning us against bragging. And to tie all of Proverbs together, the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom. Wisdom leads to discernment. Discernment leads to humility. Humility shuts its mouth. Everything we've been learning in Proverbs weaves together, goes together, fits hand in glove. For God's people to be godly. So then we turn the corner. Those are things we need to avoid. Be on guard for, be on lookout for, watch out for evil speech. How in the world do I pursue the right kind of speech? Well, we're going to turn to Proverbs 15 for that. Proverbs 15 has a beautiful passage, verses 1 through 8, on how to pursue gentle speech. Proverbs 15, 1 through 8. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Soft. Gentle speech is, first of all, soft. Soft meaning easily acceptable, tempered, even, patient, reasonable, kind. What an amazing filter. Usually we use this kind of filter when it's a two-year-old or a three-year-old because we think their understanding is small. They understand emotions like a professional. (laughs) They understand love and hate. They understand calm and anger. 
We change our words to be soft on them. Do you ever change your words to be soft on your spouse, on your peers, and on your coworkers? It's not reserved just for little people because they can't take it. And we don't just remove the filter because you're a grown-up and you should know better. You should know better. You should know that each one of us broken people is some disillusioned child who is hurt by their parents or some other set of circumstances we couldn't control when we are younger and we are living out of that. Still not dealing with that pain, not dealing with that abandonment, not dealing rightly with that divorce that we blame ourselves for. We all need deep counseling. Y'all need therapy. You need to talk through why you are who you are. Proverbs, iron sharpens iron, fellowship, time together, rebuking, rebuke from our friends, from those who love us. It cuts deep, but sometimes to get the most healing, you have to cut deeply from both sides. For how many hours? It takes a long time to get deep problems straight, soft. Verse 2 of chapter 15. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge. Gentle speech is knowledgeable. It knows what it's talking about. It is smart. It is helpful. It is right. And it is true. And circle the word helpful. We don't just talk over people. We don't just talk at people. We talk in such a way that we, un we, we talk until people start to nod without us leading them to nod. You ever talk to somebody like that? You ever been substitute teaching or you've been trying to deal with your kids and they're just dead to the world? Here's, how grandma, here's grandma's recipe, go cook this. And you're like a teenager, you're like, cut this recipe in half? What's half of a third? I hated fractions. And you just glazed over but then you get Google out and you Google it and you start describing it to them and then the, oh, they start nodding. Like that's just an involuntary response. When you get it, yeah, oh yeah. When we're talking about spiritual things to people, we're talking about life situations to people, we're not just throwing out the truth. The right way to speak is to be knowledgeable. How do I know if I'm being helpful? When people get it. If they don't get it, go back to the drawing board pray more come from a different angle because you can tell when people get it especially when they go like this i'm just not getting it <laughs> uh, be sensitive to that uh, pursue gentle speech be knowledgeable take the time to be right and true and helpful verse four a gentle tongue is a tree of life hmm Tree of life is energizing, encouraging, hope-filled. Energizing, encouraging, hope-filled. It gets us closer to God. The tree of life, all the references woven through Scripture that talk about the tree of life all go back to the Garden of Eden. And the tree of life represents, it represents the presence of and favor of God. Do you, through your speech, through the way you deal with people, do you bring the energizing, encouraging hope of God into your conversations? That's sometimes that sharing the gospel with dark people who don't see anything but death, destruction, and pain. But sometimes with our fellow believers, that, that's reminding them God is in charge of this situation. It's out of your hands. Reminding them, we, we, we're not to be anxious about anything, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, we make our requests known to God. He is the Father of light. He brings the good things. Chill and trust in the Lord. Sometimes that's the energizing tree of life, God-focused breath of fresh air that we need to bring into the conversation. Christians, do not be afraid of bringing hope into pain. Speak up. 
Verse 5, A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Uh, I really liked the word prudent. Prudent in regards to how we handle situations, how we respond to people. How do we pursue gentle speech? Uh, to be prudent means you're going to do things wisely, thoughtfully, with discernment. Not shooting from the hip, but stepping back to think. To remember what's been done in the past, or maybe to gather more information, to be knowledgeable. Because your fear of the Lord, you want to represent God correctly. And so you're going to guard your lips, not just say the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Not interrupt people while they are speaking. To be prudent is to be patient, wait for your time, and then, then give thoughtful response to people. Sometimes, a, sometimes the best response you can give to people is, I need a minute to think about that. That's a good question. I don't have the answer for that. Can I get back with you tomorrow? I don't know. That's a great response. Shows humility. <laughs> I don't know. But I'd like to know, and I want to help you with that. Prudent, wise, thoughtful, discerning. And then verse 7, the lips of the wise spread knowledge. I like that. We do not spread rumors. We do not spread gossip. We do not spread slander. We do not spread hate. Knowledge truth you don't have to rail against evil when you speak the truth it naturally shows that God is against evil we don't have to tell people stop lying stop lying stop lying that's not the party line of the church stop sinning the party line of the church is love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul your mind and your strength that will change you from the inside out then you will love people. What happens when we love people? We stop lying to them. Stop hating them. We, st we stop doing all the sin because we're approaching it from the Proverbs perspective. We fear the Lord. We grow in wisdom. That gives us discernment. That leads to humility. And humility learns to shut your mouth at the right moment and then to open your mouth softly, knowledgeably, be a tree of life with encouraging energy, prudent, spreading knowledge. And then the last verse, Proverbs 15, 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him, acceptable to God, not abominable, not wicked, not evil acceptable we are a people who avoid evil speech we are a people who pursue gentle speech turn to matthew 15 18 with me matthew 15 18 looking at something jesus has to say because i learned something something new People were questioning Jesus about what, what, it, what it means to be a sinner. What does it mean to be defiled? And they were worried that what they were eating, what was going in, was what made them defiled. Eating the wrong kind of food, ceremonially unclean. So Jesus is clarifying their understanding. And in verse 18, Jesus says, What comes out of the mouth out of the mouth it's not what goes in that makes you unclean and defiled he says what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart so right there he's turning the corner on them this is about spiritual stuff your defilement what's wrong with you is not about outward things ceremonial things food things clothing things he he takes it it's from the heart what comes from the heart that's what defiles a person from the heart, that's what defiles us. How do we know? It's how we speak. The words that come out of our mouths are coming out of our heart. 
revealing whether or not we are avoiding evil speech or we are pursuing gentle speech. And then in verse 19, this is the mind blower. Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. How many things did he list? What is Jesus doing? Why do you think he listed seven things? Some of your translations put an and without a comma between a couple of those, but there are seven. Eric, what's the significance of Jesus mentioning seven abominations? He's speaking to them through the wisdom of Proverbs, and they got it. This is Proverbs talk. Jesus himself is tapping directly into Proverbs. Why does he list seven things? Because that's the formula that God used in Proverbs. And not all of those things are the sins that they were talking about. They wanted to know about, am I sinning if I don't wash my hands before I eat? Am I sinning if I eat this plant without cooking it or drink that or drink that? And Jesus takes them deep. Your real problem with evil is not what you put in, it's what comes out of your mouth. Let me, let me remind you from Proverbs. Oh, snap. You talk about a sucker punch? They thought they were going to get some new information, and Jesus just clobbered them with all the wisdom they already knew and weren't concerned about. That's awesome. So what does Proverbs teach us? Next slide. Fear the Lord. Guard the heart and watch your mouth. Fear, guard, watch. That's the formula. That's the order. So here's our bonus filter at the end. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about, fill up on these things. The things that are true and pure and lovely and excellent. And C.S. Lewis puts it best. He says the problem is not that we love the wrong things too much. That's not the problem. I love sin too much. I can't stop thinking about. I can't break my addiction over. That's not the problem. The problem is not that you love things, the wrong things too much. C.S. Lewis turns that on its head, and he says the problem is you don't love the right thing enough. Because when you love whatsoever is true, pure, lovely, honorable, respectable, worthy of praise, you fill up on it. What happens when you fill anything up? Everything else is pushed out. There's no more room for perverse speech when the fear of the Lord leads you to wisdom and you fill up on the heart of God. That's the solution to our mouth problem, to my mouth problem. Uh, my problem is not that I say too many evil things, but that I don't fear the Lord and fill my heart with the right things. Stand with me as we prepare to pray. We are not having any small group meetings this week, but I've already pre-printed some sermon discussion guides out. Um, they're on the table as you leave. Uh, or as you're headed to lunch, whichever way. Uh, let me encourage you, and this, this is a big topic. I'm kind of bummed that we're not having coffee talk this week. We're not having all of our small group meetings. Uh, but take one of these on your way out for you to either do personally and review on this sermon or you to do with a, you could have a small group this week or like, you know, make one up, just wing it. Or call a friend from church. You need a break from your family. Hey, can you meet me at Da Vinci's? We need to do sermon talk for 10 minutes. <laughs> I need to get out of here. Uh, uh, use this. It's also on your, it's all on the, the version app. If you've never discovered that, we have our notes out on there. Do something this week to fill up with another Christian and push out what is naturally evil and always dripping into your life. 
I'm not filling up on evil. You are. We live in a broken world. It's slowly dripping evil into us from every direction, and our own heart is a bottomless pit. It is bubbling up evil and pain, and we have to pour Jesus in to purify and to fill up on the right things. Bow your head and close your eyes. The easiest way to fill up on God is to read Scripture daily. With every head bowed and every eye closed, confess, Pastor Craig, I haven't been doing that. Pray for me. I want to do that. I want to find time. Will you let me pray for you with nobody else looking around? I do not read scripture daily. Pray for me. I'm hurting. Pray for me. Raise your hand. I'll pray for you. Amen. 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 I'm not doing the most basic thing. Yeah. That's your problem. Not perverse speech. It's just that you're full of yourself and the world. Pastor Craig, I'm not praying daily. I don't worship the Lord except on Sunday. Let me encourage you. You can worship the Lord every day. Find a playlist. Find a song that makes you think of Jesus. Play that before you walk into work. Play that in the parking lot before you go into class. Keep a Bible in your lunch pail. Put a Bible under your lunch in the work refrigerator. Do whatever it takes to remind you. You need to be filling up on spiritual things, not just food and drink. God, we bring our broken lives to you. We are broken vessels, always leaking and unable to hold the truth. We ask you to patch us up. Use your spirit to fix us, to correct us, to guide us into the truth. When we read your word, help us to understand it. When we do pray, help us to think about you and not just ourselves. Help us to worship you every day so we can be a people who fear you Grow in wisdom, grow in discernment, grow in our humility, and learn to watch our mouth because we are filling up on Jesus Christ. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on me. Shine on me. Shine shine fill this land with the father's glory blaze spirit blaze set our hearts on fire flow river flow flood the nations with grace and mercy send forth your word lord Some presence from the shadows into your radiance by the blood I may enter your brightness church me try me consume all my darkness shine on me shine on me shine 
shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord. Display your likeness, ever changing from glory to glory. Mirrored here, may our lives tell your story. Shine on me, shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. only service next week so no small groups uh, next Sunday no small no uh, meetings this midweek find somebody else you can meet with pray with uh, we still have some angel tree tags on the Christmas tree if you haven't taken a, a tag that to buy presents for through the Salvation Army for a child in need we still have a few of those that you can grab um, other than that pro, uh, Romans 15 13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. God, bless this meal that we are about to receive. Thank you for those who prepared it. Help us to enjoy this time of fellowship, this week of thanksgiving. Help us find a way to show gratitude to someone we don't even know. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.